Sorry, guys. Hey, John. We thought, you know. You died. You died. It's possible. I could still die. Can you wait two hours? What? Can you wait two hours? (laughs) No. What? So I'll. Well, I'll. That'll be the finale. I died. No, just get the show in, and then then you're free to do your thing. Okay. It's like masturbation. Can you wait? Yeah, no. No, you can't? Okay, just chill. I mean, no. No, Jeffrey Tobin got fired. Never never mind. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it, because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. <laughs> I'm no sure somebody's written that one Quarter pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, it's my time. Uh, how do you measure success? Hey, everyone, and welcome to possibly John O'Grady's last episode oh, of Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. I'm walking with the dead. I'm actually COVID-free. Yay! I kicked it. This one hung on, man. It was like herpes. It just, it just wouldn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Where you ever had herpes? To... I've had herpes. Yes, we've had this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> the thing. Wrestling. It's a gift that keeps giving. Yes. Much like, her- much like herpes. <sighs> COVID goes away, apparently. Hopefully. Well, hopefully, unless you get long COVID, I've heard a lot of people are having trouble with that. I mean, real trouble with it. So far, so good. Good. So far, so good. So, so yeah, so we, we're, we're back. John, we're starting a little late. John lost track of time, he claims. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got uh, my nephew with me for this whole week, and I'm on vacation this whole week. When you say uh-huh. your nephew, do you mean the Grim Reaper? Are you guys spending time together? The Grim Reaper, <laughs> yes. My nephew, the Grim Reaper, yes. Hey, he's moving um, up in the world. It's a hard position to attain. Yeah, no. it's a position you have for death. Hmm. We're actually working. I'm actually teaching him how to program, and we're working on a mod for Minecraft. My son would be in love with you. He he called from. They're staying at a hotel up in Wisconsin Dells. And he's like, Dad, 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 I'm gonna make a a Minecraft thing, whatever they call it, of this hotel room. I'm like, That's cool, buddy. He has no idea what he's talking about, nice. but he believes in himself, which is what's important, as any six year old should. <laughs> Good. I mean, yeah, Minecraft's still pretty cool, but making a mod, like trying to figure out what kind of blocks you want to add, monsters, all that's pretty cool. Anyway. Well, besides destroying the youth of America, what else have you been up to, John? <laughs> Not much. We're we're just finishing. Actually, he's also into anime a little bit, and we're finishing off a, was it, Bofuri, uh, which is a really neat little anime about a, a little girl who plays a online game and breaks the game in several ways and becomes a real monster it's kind of fun great concept terrible title there's nothing fun about that at all yeah i know it it doesn't it 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 doesn't really convey just how how much fun it is so 
I thought you were going to say you were finishing off a bottle of whiskey, but you know. No, no, that'll be tom- by tomorrow. He'll have gotten on my nerves to finish off the bottle of whiskey. Oh, okay. Word. Right, guy? No. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah how, see? How old is he? 12? He's 12, yes. That's the age where they start getting on your nerves big time. Oh, uh, pretty much. Yeah, but seventh, he's... seventh graders are evil, man. <laughs> he's good, though. But the only other thing on my plate is oh, look at this. There's this new Kickstarter where I can like pledge to die. So, and click. Ooh, I hope it was mine. <laughs> how many other how many other people are willing to kill me? You know? Oh, if you're willing to pay, several. But how many <laughs> people are willing to continuously offer this other than me? This is true. Okay, now wait, hold on. That is a good question for our audience. How many people are willing to kill John for free? And how many will kill, kill him to be paid? I kill no man for free. I get paid for this. Yeah. There are Thank considerations. You. Yes. I've got a little boy's future I have to pay for. Well, there you go. All right. Well, good. Well, besides being COVID free, JD, what else is new in your world? I got a lot going on. I spent the week by myself as my wife locked me in the house alone and her (laughs) and the kid went to Wisconsin to hang out with her dad on the farm. My father-in-law bought my son a guitar and an amplifier. So he hates me. (laughs) Awesome. I know it's cool, but he's six and he has no interest in actually playing. He just goes... Yeah, which is kind of cool, but it's going to get old pretty quick. You know, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the first thing any parent <laughs> tells anybody about Christmas is don't get anything that makes noise. It's the fa- my father-in-law. You think he's going to listen? Come on. If he doesn't uh, like you, yes. <laughs> we get along, actually. This father-in-law and I get along. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah the, the dad, the real dad and I get along pretty good. So that, yeah, so I was by myself. I have a new job. It's not a, it's not a hundred percent official as of yet. Oh, okay. I think I'm, I'm still, cause I was COVIDed up last week, so I couldn't go into the school. So, but I was just, Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to teach next year. Cool. You know, I'm going to be a teacher. Don't ask me what yet. Cause they haven't told me. So I'm going to find <laughs> that out on Monday. Hmm. Career tech stuff, video graphics applications, those kind of things. So I need a life change. I'm very excited about it. And plenty of time to do what's really important, though. And that's right. I've launched a new Kickstarter. I launched it on Tuesday, actually. Yeah. And it's for my book, Red Sunrise, that I told talk about last week. The comic that I first came on to the show with you guys that never, the first issue got done, but then never got finished because my artist went cuckoo banana pants. Mm. And we had, a, we had a falling out. So, yeah, I finished it as a book. Very excited about this. It's been an interesting Kickstarter. It's a small project, right? It's not, it's not one of my big projects like the last one was a three volume thousand page sprawling opus this is a 150 page book right so it's cheaper and you can tell by looking at the kickstarter i have more backers at this point than i had at any kickstarter that i've ever run like this early already but the fun yeah just the number of backers but the funding is down because like it's a four dollar book right right it's not it's not expensive so the cool part about that is i'm not i can play around and i can get experimental Right. So I tried a Facebook live last week. You know, I've been doing some backer swaps, just, just trying to be different. I actually did a, I, I said it in a, a podcast last, two nights ago, a show called explain yourself. And they do like a Kickstarter round table. And it was me and four other guys that do, you know, comics Kickstarters. One of them is a guy named Ray Chow, who does a book called skies of fire, whose Kickstarter is currently at $120,000. And I felt this tall on the zoom next to him. I felt itty bitty bitty talking with him because that mm-hmm. dude, these dudes were like players and there's right. me going, I got this book that, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So that's cool. It's going, it's going good. I'd like to be making more money, but like, 
it's still good, but like the big ticket items usually don't sell till later in the campaign. And I haven't sold any of those yet. So like I said, typically those go in the last 10 days. And this the is day big, 11. So the big backing, the big backing, like the people who buy a lot, who buy the big bet things, those tend to come later in the campaign. Is if this is number six for me, that tends to be what happens. Well, oh. except now. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I will. I have to be creative to kill you this time because we're in feudal Japan. But I did have an idea in case you backed it, so I get to (laughs) have an idea. I I like I like to be relied on, so you know. Oh, and you are, sir. That and I finished a book today while I was finally COVID free. I went to Panera and I finished a book that's taking me forever to write. I'm very excited about this one. It's very different than anything I've ever written, but I have to do a second draft on it. So I don't know if it sucks or not yet. Well, you write the first draft. You don't think about it. You just, it's True. pure, pure id. And then you go back and, you know, the second draft, I start going, all right, does this work? Is this good? I don't know. So I try to res- resuscitate it. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Other than that, super busy for a guy who did not leave the household. It's me and the dog hanging out. Hopefully the dog doesn't have COVID. That would be bad. He hasn't coughed. So I think he's. A- do dogs cough? Yes, dogs do cough. They can sneeze too. I mean, I know dogs, sneeze- I've, I've, I've been sneezed on by many a dog, but I don't know if I've ever heard a dog cough. You ever see a dog sneeze and he bounces his face off the ground and he sets for a second, like, oh my God, that just happened. Like, he's got like shock impact. Yeah, no, all, they call all I know is that every time a dog has sneezed, it's always pointed right at your face at the wrong moment. It's like the great Muda blowing the poison mist to the face of his opponents. <laughs> anyway. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Was a busy week at work, but you know, eh. That's busy, work. but not busy. We're like, we're starting a new project and we're in the gathering information stage for the project and it's just like it's boring but it has to be done and but i did success except for yesterday i have successfully walked five miles every day so i'm 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 back into that good for you man glad to hear that i i didn't walk five miles yesterday because of my girlfriend (laughs) normally on saturdays we go and spend the night at her house and like we uh, we got together early in the day, went to breakfast, went back to her house, and then like we went up into her bedroom and laid down, and do- she was out. <laughs> oh, when you when you did do, I thought you were thought you were signaling for something else. No, 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 no. She Continue fell, the conversation. She fell asleep for like oh oh like an hour and a half, almost two hours, and and like she got up. Like I fell asleep too for like an hour, but like I woke up and like I didn't like I'll just let her sleep, and I was playing a game on my phone. Next thing I know, it was like dinner time. <laughs> like, and she's like, "Oh, oh, we'll we'll go for a walk after dinner," and then it never happened. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, I um, I'd like the one of the things was I did like when she got me the Fitbit last week. I weighed myself. I obviously had put weight on, but not back on, but not then anywhere near what I was at my heaviest. Which you know, thank God for that. But uh, down a pound and a half. Good for you. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm sticking with it. John. And, you know, John will find me sexy again one day. That's my goal. Never. I do, I do hear you're bringing sexy back. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's about it for me. A real boring week, actually. You know, nothing, nothing exciting. The most exciting stuff I think happened over on social media. Is that true? Yes. I'm gonna go with no. Continue. <laughs> so. We do have a little bit of social media madness to talk about this week. Starting off, we did talk about the new She-Hulk trailer and what's with with the surprise twist of Daredevil at the end. And we got Cthulhu D Prodigy. It's Cthulhu's D Prodigy, which makes it sound like it's Cthulhu's Dick Prodigy. 
<laughs> so I don't know if this guy listens to the show, but I'm going to need an explanation on the D. Hmm. Rest that's in the, peace. That's Bill even funnier. That's Russell. even Bill, yeah, Bill Russell died today. Oh, I did not. He, he of the Boston Celtics, legendary NBA center. Yeah, wow. well, I mean, that was overshadowed by the other thing we'll talk about in a little bit. In some um, circles. <laughs> in some circles. He said, we'll see about this one. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, there have been... The, the, the shows have not been getting the love, you know, lately, I think. And I think there's too much content. Yeah. I really do. I think stuff is getting lost in the ether a little bit. First of all, this gift that you've chosen of returning into She-Hulk looks like she's about to throw up. <laughs> It's a choice. What do you want? It does. It is a choice. All I hear is. And the face going just slightly green enough. It looks like she's about to work. So clearly she's listening to the show. (laughs) Clearly, clearly, clearly. So we have a question from our audience, guys. Kassan Warren asked, anyone on your team watching Stranger Worlds? Fantastic stuff. It's awesome storytelling. Blending episodic with arcs. I think the Star Trek franchise found the winning formula. So, first of I all, have before Paramount you start, Plus. kudos to this man for using episodic and story arcs properly. Most people <laughs> refer to episodic shows as any show with episodes, right? No, right. episodic is a kid that's done like something happens and it happens and it ends. It's self contained, it's an episode. Right. The narrative storytelling is when stuff bleeds over from the next and get long story arcs. So, bravo, sir. Thank you for using that properly. I appreciate it. I'm going to bow out because I know nothing about Star Trek. So have you been watching it, John? Paramount Plus is the only streaming service I have not subscribed to. Me, that and Hulu for me. So it's just like, yeah, like I feel bad. He actually is a listener. We've, we've many times, and I think that might be part of the reason he knows the difference because we do talk about that a lot mm. on this show. So I, I am interested in watching that one. Like Discovery never really caught my eye and it seemed like it was too out there and breaking too many, too much of the, the continuity. This, this, I, I've, I've not heard anything bad about this one. So, no, I haven't either, which is weird because, yes, like Discovery, I've heard a lot of stuff about like people didn't like it, but I've not heard that about this one yet. But I also don't know, I only know a couple people that are watching it. So, hmm. hmm. Yeah. All right. And none of us have Paramount Plus, I think. Correct, JD? No, I don't have Paramount Plus. Yeah. We had it briefly when the Paw Patrol movie came out. Ah. I didn't turn it on. I think we will get it when the Frasier reboot commences. That's going to be Paramount Plus? I believe so. We're Frasier fans in this house. All right, guys. All right, all right. We talked about something last week. Toss salads and scrambled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> no. We talked about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, right? And there was some discussion about the recasting versus killing the character off in the, the MCU, right? And I was willing to let the conversation die there. However, listening to our good friends over on at Fans on Patrol, Montego was talking about this trailer, and he brought that up too, and he agrees with me. Well, he doesn't. He didn't say he agrees with me. He just brought up the same point I did. Like he thinks the character is too important culturally to to kill him off. They should have recast him. He's like Chadwick Boseman is a good actor, and you know he he enjoyed him in the role, but you need to keep the character around. It's more important to keep the character around. So that inspired me to do a poll on Twitter. And so it's, I, it was closer than I thought it was going to be. And of course, we've got 46.4% for recast and 53.6% to honor Chadwick, is how I put it. So, hmm. you know, like, yes, you can sit there and say, 
that one won, but it's pretty close. You know, I think a lot of people are split down the, the middle on this one. What did you expect when you posted this? What results were you expecting? I wasn't expecting anything. That's the thing. I expect, I posted it to kind of see like, I hadn't, I've I'd only heard like one or two people say it. But like when I heard Montego saying it on his show, I'm like, I want to like get the pulse and like just get, at least get some people to like answer this and see what they're thinking. You know? And, I mean, uh, Honor the Memory did win, but it's 4357. I mean, that's reasonable. Yeah. So Kassan, who we just talked about, said, what a difficult question. I think honoring Chadwick is the best decision. It introduces humanity to Marvel that isn't pronounced. Heroes pass just as humans. Sometimes the enemy isn't something we can see. It also honors cancer patients as well. Forces their plight in our mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I'm okay with that. But we just we just killed a character off with cancer. So we did do that. It yeah. does happen. I mean, you know. But I'm saying, like, yeah, that I'll get back to that in a second. And then Taco Shirt Krillin said, I don't think that the refusal to recast is a dishonor on Bozeman. He did an amazing job and will always be iconic. If they recast it, it would just be a simple way to keep the character going. We're all sad about his passing, but T'Challa's bigger than any one person, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, that's basically the, the point that me and Montego made. And then when Randy from Colt 45 retweeted us he said we don't have to do this do it right now and i just reiterated the character is too important in my opinion he's the first black superhero i feel that character is bigger than the actor and then randy replied i agree but a full on movie of mourning and then holy crap he lives as and it's michael b jordan and it's just like mm. eh, no yeah. he was bush. already that's bush league <laughs> Yeah, it's a, that, that's a cheap move too. If we were if we were working if we were watching Days of Wakanda, right? All the days of like Days of Our Lives, like they if it were that's a soap opera. That's not that would be like that would be a Fox if Fox did it. <laughs> no, that would be like if Chris Hemsworth passed away and they recast Thor with Tom Hiddleston. You know that would. Be but like, wait, they've got an extra an extra Hemsworth right on the side that could take up. <laughs> the I think there's two extra Hemsworths. Yes. Yeah, but one looks almost exactly like him. Like that's true. You know. So yeah, that also like okay, that makes me wonder like, are they going to kill like how is he going to die, right? Because they just did the cancer storyline in Thor Love and Thunder. And both movies were being made at the same time. There had to be communication, like Well, it's Feige, right? Feige's the showrunner. Right. Like it seems like directors are getting a little more power in these movies, but I don't think they would repeat that same thing like i imagine it doesn't necessarily and we don't know we have no idea like he might not have died in the movie right right he might he might have been killed by something else he might have committed suicide like we don't know like legitimately like we're all kind of it's possible you know it's we're it's you never know we're all speculating at this point until we get something concrete from a trailer or whatnot we're guessing yeah i mean it is it's also in a way taken out from the comics in the storyline in the comics where T'Challa gets, I think he's, he gets into some kind of accident and, go, and in the comics, he doesn't die, he goes into a coma. And that's when yeah, Shuri takes Shuri over. And that's also when Atlantis attacks Wakanda. So, like, it feels like they are doing that storyline in or a least, way, but at least inspired by it. Right. Exactly. Like, like Love and Thunder was inspired by the yeah. Mighty Thor storyline. But yeah, it's just the not exactly the same. inspired by the Ultimates, but good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a fairly torn fandom 
we shall see how this affects the future of the the series i'm i'm still in the camp of just honor him and pass the mantle on to somebody else they've got plenty of other great actors in the cast they got to stick the landing with this one man like she's got to nail it but from the from yeah from the trailer though i really feel like they're in the right mindset to to do that to stick the landing like you said like i i feel well, like they didn't show her that. at all in the trailer other than no but but i feel like they're going the to handle it properly. it feels like they've got the right mindset to do it at least from the trailer we all know that that could go well wrong of course how many how good. many trailers have we seen that are like oh my god this is amazing and then you know i mean all of snyder's trailers i was about to say zach snyder <laughs> all of a, snyder's trailers snyder cuts a really good trailer <laughs> <He> does his <laughs> trailers are great his movies are questionable more on that later folks but before we get to that so her so are his choices if you would like to know how you could follow us on social media and be part of social media madness here's our good friend d square to tell you more enjoying the show want to be part of social media madness make sure you are following superherospeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page while you're there You can check out old episodes of the podcast, as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews, as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd podcast available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And we're going to take our first and I think only commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. We're back. And we're going to start with some very sad news. Michelle Nichols. Lieutenant Ohura from the original Star Trek series passed away this weekend at the age of 89. And we met her. We talked with her. We missed getting a, a, an, interview. A, an interview because of the management at the old Wizard World where they put an 89, uh, I, f- I forget how many years ago, but she had just had a stroke and they put her right behind a soundstage. Yes, that was in, oh my God. You remember that? That's that got to be like, like it, it was the year after Wizard World like started dying out. That's right. And we and she was going to do the interview, but there there was too much noise. We couldn't do the interview. She couldn't hear us. Yeah. Because of the sound stage. They were they put right by. She kept asking us like what? Yeah. What? Yeah. It was it was very difficult. My actually my memory of her was in 2015, I believe it was. I posted this on my Facebook. So I had earlier that year, it was like the first full weekend that I had done volunteering. It was at World Philly. And that's, I worked with Mike Hogan from Battlestar, who played Colonel Todd. And then when I got to New York, actually, and when I was checking in to volunteer, he was, Mike Hogan was 
was checking in at the same time and he like he's like hey how are you doing and he's he's like do you have a are you assigned anything yet and i'm like no i just got here and he's like all right you're working with me all weekend and the my boss at the show was standing right there and he's like okay he spoke right the whole reason i'm bringing that up is because then i was working with mike hogan all weekend but like we were across the aisle from nichelle nichols and like she came over and started talking to us and i do mean us like it's not like a celebrity came over and started talking to another celebrity she came over and was talking to both of us like she was just having a conversation with two people at a convention it was like the most class act thing i have ever seen from a celebrity like and then that just made me more comfortable like when i walked by her table i would just say hi and she'd say hi and like we just we kept like talking all weekend it was she's was such an amazing person and i don't know how many people know that she had a one-woman show like back in the i want to say late 80s early 90s on broadway where she talked about iconic women of color throughout history and she would do she would do like a tribute to all of them in the show and and it got rave reviews and and like everyone loved it and then in the early aughts people started talking about her doing a revival of it you know and she's like oh i don't know blah blah and and she said and it was such a great story and i I, i'm sad that i've never saw this show and everyone was talking to her about like oh you should do it you should do it she's like i don't know i feel it always felt like there was something missing blah blah and like she kept telling her telling us everyone kept telling her you know you should add yourself and to hear her talk about it she was just like i'm just an i'm just an actress who played a role in a sci-fi tv show for three years on you know and then obviously the movies but she's like i'm just a just an actress who did a role like and you know and and, and even me and hogan were both like oh like you were an icon you changed television you know but she was so humble you know it was it was amazing and, and I, going along with what you just said one of the things i'd wanted to ask her about when we were trying to get that interview was about her conversation with dr martin luther king have you heard that story I know that I've seen seen her talk about it in interviews on, and he told her not to do the show, right? No, 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 no. Let, let me. I'll, I'll read. I'm going to read this. Okay. Okay. So it was 1967, and the reviews for the first season of Star Trek were not great. Nichelle That's Nichols, okay. who played Lieutenant Hura, had bigger issues with the show. She found it demoralizing to see her lines cut and cut again. She had to deal with racist insults offset, and as well from executives who conspired to keep her from seeing her fan mail. At the end of the first season, Nichols recounted in her autobiography, she told the show's creator she was done. The next day at an NAACP function, Martin Luther King, a fan of hers, found her and had a talk with her. He told her how important the role was and how he and his family watched Star Trek faithfully and adored her in her particular role, the only Black character. Nichols thanked him, but she said she planned to leave. And Martin Luther King said, you cannot and you must not. That's what it was. Yeah. Don't you realize how important your presence, your character is? Don't you see this is not a black role and this is not a female role. You have the first non-stereotypical role on television, male or female. You have broken ground. For the first time, the world sees us as we should be seen, as equals, as intelligent people, as we should be. And that's why Nichelle Nichols stayed on Star Trek for the entire run. That's pretty cool. And and it's true. First interracial kiss on TV, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, at the time, 
you know, there, I mean, I, I, I would have before the last six years, I would have said, you know, at the, at the time racism was really bad, but you know, it, we've got a racism to the revenge, but, but the, but the thing is in the 1960s, people were still getting over this inherent view of black people as inferior from, you know, the last 300 years and seeing somebody like that in a normalized role as an intelligent person, as an expert in her field, as educated, as, you know, just just treated like normal as the rest of the crew was really, really good for us as human beings. I mean, it was still like the height of the civil rights movement as well. So it made sense, like, not sense, it, it, it that he, the Dr. King would say that to her, like, Oh, yeah. Like, this is important for the movement for you to stay there, to, to say, like, to show us as just regular people, you know? Yeah. So, did you have anything to add, JD? You were. Uh, you guys are doing, I'm just not a, like, I like Star Trek, but I don't have the tangential connections to what you guys do. So, you know, this is uh, not my time. I just showed my nephew some pictures of me when I was, I think, eight, and I already had a Star Trek Spock shirt on me <laughs> sitting there with, with like my baby sister and, and my, my younger brother. It's like, I, I had forgotten I had owned that shirt, but like that was, you know, late seventies. And, you know, it's just like, it was, it was big even then, you know, cause they didn't, they didn't do the whole, the, the whole swag thing back then, you know, you, they, they weren't like, what do they call it? They, they weren't like making shirts for every show and all that. It's, it's just that it was so big that people, people were, you know, they, they were selling shirts and, and lunch boxes and all the, whole, you know, they didn't do that for just anything back then. And usually when they did do it, it was for shows that were made to sell stuff. It wasn't because the show was popular already. And, and, right. and the show was already over and they were still selling. And the, the first, like before conventions really got popular, the very first real geek conventions were star trek conventions this is true <clears throat> that's what really started this whole thing i think maybe there might have been comic book conventions but like it wasn't really a thing until star trek started having conventions and then they started inviting the stars and then then you got this whole snowball of all these other fandoms saying hey we can do that too hey we can do it all at the same time and that's what yes. happened yeah, no, I, the, the first convention I've ever went to was a Star Trek convention. So, so then there were three, that's, we were talking about this before we went on air, JD, there's, there are three original cast members still alive. Ugh. Who else is there? Sulu. Sh oh, Sulu, Shatner, and. And Koenig, or, or. Uh, Koenig, Chekhov. Chekhov, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Koenig. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> has, has his own body of work. Like he's, he's famous for Star Trek, of course. He's also famous in Babylon Five Circles as yeah. like one of the greatest villains of all time. He was amazing in that. He he just had such a way way larger range than anybody would have thought. So yeah, but yeah, I am really really sad to see her go. This is this sucks. At least she got to go into space before uh, she passed away. Yeah, and uh, let's see what else. Robert Heinlein dedicated <laughs> his, his novel Friday. Find the mute button. Sorry, no problem. <laughs> Robert Heinlein dedicated a novel to her, the, the novel called Friday. She has an asteroid name after her, Asteroid 68410 Nichols. Hollywood Walk of Fame, of course. Honorary degree from Los Angeles Mission College. Life 
Career Award from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films, the first woman to receive it. It's just, she's just, I mean, and 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 she didn't really care about any of that. It was just, no. she's such a, oh. She just enjoyed the work. She enjoyed meeting fans and meeting people. And like I said, she didn't see herself as an icon, as like this person that changed the world. And it's just like, oh my God, are you kidding? Yeah, I just... An amazing person, an amazing life, and she'll be missed. They just don't make people like her anymore. No. Not enough of them anyway. All right. Well, now let's get back to the dick and fart jokes. I mean... I like dick and fart jokes. They don't make me cry. Yeah. All right. Actually, no, this will make you mad. No, I can't guarantee that one. Mad's a distant second. All right. Okay. Well, well, first, (sighs) this makes no sense to me. Ben Affleck's back as Batman, guys. And... Not the rumors about him being in Flash. I am so confused. He is back, and he will be in Aquaman 2, Electric Book. I mean, it's <laughs> the name of the movie. Yeah, at this point, can you insert that clip from, was it Poltergeist with the girl on the street going, awesome. what's happening? <laughs> it's like, that's how I feel. Like, this is... <sighs> and from my understanding about this, which is also weird, like, it wasn't, like, something that was filmed a while ago. Like, they added him back in recently. God, it's going to give those Snyder people hope. <laughs> How, I mean, seriously, like, like Warner Brothers is a mess. How do we feel about this? Do we do we think that Affleck deserves another shot at this? Or He, he was a good Batman. He, he, was but he, he also said he was done. He walked away from the role. Now, all of a sudden, he's in Aquaman. What'd you money say, J.D.? Money is good. I mean, like, he wasn't the problem with those movies. Yeah. You know? He had know. one of the best scenes in it. Yeah. Because... You know, he no, the, the problem was the direction and the, the script and the lunatic fans more on that later. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Are we just going to sell people on that? This, that this is going to be a universe until flash erases it. Or is this, are we just trolling the Snyder folks? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. At this really point, don't. when flash erases it, he has to erase flash because they won't even show Ezra Miller's face anymore. And I mean, the promos, they just blur it out. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. It's it's weird because I will say that you feel like a move like this is to sell more tickets, which I didn't think Aquaman was in trouble, you know? Oh, well, she, he was. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Could they have replaced Amber Heard with Ben Affleck in some aspect? It's a much different movie. No, no, no. No, not back Aquaman. I mean, like. You mean filmed scenes with Batman? Right, like dialogue that, that was important with. to her character, like important to the story that her character said. They make Batman make, say it. Make him elicit the exposition that she it's, would have. It's what they would do in the comics, quite frankly. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Actually, not interesting. That's the problem. I mean, people like, sit there and go, no one likes Amber Heard, but everyone likes Ben Affleck. Even J-Lo likes him because, you know, they're married well, again. But at this point, at this point, it's the, such a train wreck. I'm not even interested. I don't even know if I'm interested in watching it anymore. The first Aquaman was okay. You know, yeah. it wasn't like a phenomenal movie. And now I'm just like, well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, I really don't. Mm. You know who might know? You know who might know what's going on? No. The bots. The Twitter bots. Ooh, let's do that. <laughs> oh, let's not, please. So, okay. Uh, this is this is a show where we have talked about this movie ad nauseum, oh. <laughs> and we're not done apparently. So 
now now it's i will say this I, I will caveat this with people are calling this a hit piece because it came out right before the snyder cut was released on digital and blu-ray for you know to buy but i i don't i don't know i don't think so rolling stone heard some rumors and did an independent investigation like if you read the article they used two different companies and found that the release the Snyderverse and the Snyder cut hashtags that were used on social media were bolstered by bots. And they said, normally you get 5% bots bolstering stuff like this. This was 15%, over 15%. So three times the normal amount, obviously generating millions more clicks and views than normal the whole time them, them being the Snyder camp claiming it was all organic and obviously it's not true what makes this article even more interesting guys is there are people inside of warner brothers saying that ray fisher Uh who was saying all of this negative thing things about warner brothers was working with Zack snyder in tandem based on fisher's tweets coming directly on the heels of snyder Behind-the-scenes demands. Snyder calls the allegations totally untrue. Fisher's reps did not respond to multiple requests to comment on the story. That's interesting. Jesus Christ. How much? This this just gets worse every time something gets revealed. Yes. Yes, it does. It never gets better. It only gets worse. So, it's funny. It's funny. because How, how? much money did, 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 did Warner Brothers say they lost? $100 million. And how, I mean, that they needed to make back, like, how much was spent on this movie to get it re- to finished? It was like no, literally $100 million to finish it. Like, they could to finish have, a movie that bombed. They could have given all of the properties to Roger Corman to do movies on a budget, and it would have been better. You know, here's what's funny, is that if this is true, specifically with the Ray Fisher stuff, they came out, that stuff all came out right at the height of not so much the Me Too stuff, but right around, you know, the Black Lives Matter and uh-huh. all that. And it really feels like if you read this piece, it really feels like they manipulated social media to attack Warner when a lot of their executives had lost their job in relation to this, when the company was in a process of getting sold and spun off as a result of this, like... If you read it, and then the fact that, that Ray Fisher's people are more just like, that is outrageous, and didn't just snap back at these accusations. I want to say it's telling, but it made, it made me question. One of the I, things that's pointed out is the Warner Brothers CEO that he, like, bad-mouthed, wasn't even Hamada. in charge. What? Hamad, Walter Hamada. Uh, well, yeah. Wasn't even in charge of any of the stuff that had to do with the original Justice League when Whedon was directing it. Like... Like he had nothing to do with that stuff, but he's he he was throwing shade at him as well, and it was just like well, it's funny too because like you saw anytime that Warner was releasing anything else, the bots were attacking, right? Like King Kong and, uh-huh. and Godzilla, Wonder Woman eighty four. Like if you pay attention to like online behaviors and how like GamerGate and stuff like that was utilized, and it is a lot of a lot of these people by bot influence and that does not saying all of it like is that sort of is it just you create these bot campaigns just create just enough kindling to really start a fire and i'm not saying there's not lunatic people out there that are that's whole online personality is restore the snyderverse because there are oh yeah right? there are there are a lot of people there that every day they just look for stuff so they can retweet about a bad movie it's it's a shallow empty existence of a life it really is if that's all you do but when you have these accounts that are constantly, and this is what they do, 
they constantly retweet. And Twitter mm-hmm. says, this is what you should look at. So d- they play the Twitter algorithm is to feed you what you think you should be seeing. So you're more likely to engage with this behavior, right? right. It's 15%. That's significant, right? Yeah. And, then, and then on top of that, you utilize real problems. Because it's funny, because a couple of weeks ago, they were, I think it was David Walker who was talking about the, you know, when they were talking about there was this big farfall online about castrating cyborg when they were talking about cyborg. This is when they, the new cyborg, the comic, mm-hmm. he had no, he was legless basically. So the writer was like, you're essentially castrating a black man. Can't do that. Right. And people went, hmm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. This is the writer. And someone said, that was Jeff Johns. And he came out and he said, no, Jeff Johns is neither a saint nor a devil, mm-hmm. but there were problems. And that's the thing. And that's what it comes down to. It's like, okay, this comes out and the stuff with Ray Fisher, it makes you go, huh? It, and I don't, and I'm, I'm a fan. I believe it where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think that these people were innocent to this at all. But when we watched the, the, the recut of Justice League, Ray Fisher had a significantly larger part right. in the Snyder version. And he was better, quite frankly. That was one of the aspects of the movie that were better. Yeah. But I don't know, man. And the idea that, that Snyder did in fact pay for this, social media company to create these things and made threats to be like, my fans are going to bury you. And then this stuff happens. It's just like, it's like megalomaniacal behavior in a lot of aspects. Yeah. yeah. When, when you run an entire like company corporation and system on just ego alone, like it does, there's, it's almost like there's no good actors. One of the other things like, that was pointed out in the article, I, I don't like the term stole, but he took Warner Brothers property. He took a hard drive that had raw footage of the movie on it, and he was working on it on his own and like would release stuff on his social media from this hard drive that he was working on that also fueled this whole thing, you know? And it was one of those things like I think the idea was, you know, like he took it and they're like, oh, he's not going to do anything with it. They didn't think anything about it, you know? But yeah, like ego, it's, it's the only way to put it. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, even, yeah. Oh no, I'm just, I'm just saying it's like I don't know what what uh, there's like literally no hope for DC fans. I mean, they could yeah. they could take well they they could take Black Black Adam and uh, and Shazam and maybe start a new universe out of that. But the Flash, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, like even even Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's on the outs because like the second movie did was kind of crap and that's the problem is they didn't stick the landing yeah and you know and she's a perfect wonder woman she just needs a good freaking script and maybe a good director too but like she they've they've just screwed everything at every turn i i don't know what what there is left of the dc universe except for this black adam thing and that's that's not even in the same universe that's starting with the justice society so i mean you know maybe they do something with that but it's going to require them to actually be good when this movie comes out and then handle it well if they make you know if they start doing other movies that tie into that and you know where they've shown they can't do that with anything it's it's peculiar isn't it this whole thing yeah Yeah. well i mean the thing is warner brothers has come out and said too they're not interested in a different company building a universe they individual well yeah originally they said building a universe they want to do individual films they're not in a competition with Marvel. And it's like, yeah, but I feel like they said that because they tried doing it and it didn't work because they put all their faith into one person who... All the more reason to say it. Which again, at the same time, that kind of goes back to the idea that 
of why you use Batman because the, the Momoa Aquaman is clearly still part of that formerly known as Snyder universe. So of course, yeah. if you're going to use Batman, you would use Ben Affleck, right? Because there's still there's still ties. It's confusing, right? So what do you think this true or not? This is out there. What do you think this does to Zack Snyder and Ray Fisher's careers? Ray Fisher hasn't done anything aside from stuff with Zack Snyder, has he? Like Zack Snyder essentially plucked him from obscurity. I think so. Yeah. I mean, nobody else has hired the guy. I'm going to go on his IMDb. Okay. Yeah. Ray Fisher. And I'm looking at IMDb, the piano. Let's see. Does he have anything coming up or? Well, he's in women of the movement, a TV series, 2022. He's been on a four episodes of that. And then he was in true detective in 2019 before the sex centers justice league. Before all this happened. I mean, like not really. You know? Yeah, like he hasn't really one of those like the Rebel Moon thing. That is that's Zack Snyder. Yes. Right? Oh, so yeah, there you go. Like he did a couple episodes of this Woman of the Movement, which I'm not even familiar with. I don't even know where that was. True Detective, everybody knows about, but he was in. Well, he was in a. He was in quite a few episodes of True in True Detective. Yeah, but that might have been because he nobody in, watched. What? Nobody watched the True Detective season three. Really? Okay. Yes. I I. I I all I remember was season one. Everybody was like, "Oh, Everyone this is looked, a- yeah." Because season one was back in like 2014. Oh, okay, right. He was in the show in 2019. A different again. True Detective is a uh, it's an anthology show. This is the one with Marshall Ali, right? Right. So, and that one, I think that one was definitely better than the second season with like Rachel McAdams. But I mean, like, it's not the first. But he got he got that because that was two years after Justice League. So yeah, he probably so he got that it. because of. But he hasn't worked a lot. Like it wasn't like this guy's career exploded because he was in Justice League, right? Right. Mm. So that, yeah, like, ugh, does not seem like a good move. I mean, and, I don't know. it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, what, and yeah, Zack Snyder's doing this Rebel Move things. Move, Rebel Moon. He's got thing. that contract. He's got that contract with Netflix. Right. So he's just doing all this stuff. So even the people that are like, we can bring back the Snyderverse, like, he's got a, he's working <laughs> with somebody else. Like, <laughs> Warner's not going to buy out anybody's contract right now. So I had saw someone had posted something about, this on their something about Zack Snyder and, and this on their Facebook page and I commented about like oh you know you should read the Rolling Stone article it's it's enlightening and blah blah and someone talked about these these diehard Snyderverse fans someone replied back oh well Warner Brothers did their own investigation and they found that it wasn't as high oh and come I on reply, but I'm like Where do you think going, the information came from exactly like you're gonna trust the people who make it look bad that them coming out saying, oh, we investigated it. It's, it's fine. But they also investigated Jeff Johnson, those guys, and said they didn't find any what was claimed. Right? right. So I think this, and this information comes from, like, Warner's, like, they might, they probably don't want the attention because they know, they don't want to deal with it. Right? Yeah. And I have a feeling a lot of the people that spoke on and, conditions of anonymity in this Rolling Stone article were people who were fired because of all of this. You know, the people giving information are like, yeah, this happened, and we weren't allowed mm-hmm. to talk about it, but they yeah. canned us yeah i think you're right i think that's exactly i mean who else would know these things it has right. to come it has to come from people from warner probably not warner discovery probably the previous warner media right right and i wouldn't be surprised if these were high-ranking people in warner media but you know journalists they protect their sources of so course. i think that this this i think there's a lot to this article i really do yeah <sighs> yeah yeah sad. yeah it's very very sad very sad you know what isn't sad guys Fantastic Four is coming back. And it's not going to be done by Fox. No, no, no. Uh, I, I can't believe we missed this when we were talking about the slate of cut that was 
introduced in Comic-Con, one of the comics comments, comments that Kevin Feige made about the Fantastic Four is it won't be an origin story. Mm-hmm. So well, they're, they're doing what they did with Spider-Man. We've say, already I seen think... the origin story too many times. So Exactly. We've already seen it twice. 2.5. 2.5 times. Like, no hmm. need to go over it again. Yeah. I was going to say, what do you guys think of this? Do you, do you think? I think it's the best move they can make. And especially because we already established, I'm assuming John Krasinski's in it. Right? Yeah. I have to, I have to make that assumption. It's not official. I'm kind of surprised I didn't say it at Comic-Con, but I'm going to live in this assumption that John Krasinski is going to come back as Mr. Fantastic. So why bother? Right. We know that story. And quite frankly, the origin story of the Fantastic Four is not their best story. It's right. good. It's fine. But there's better Fantastic, but there's better stuff to do with the Fantastic Four than establishing the Fantastic Four. And if you read Fantastic Four number one, it doesn't really talk about the origin story in the first issue. It's, you know, they, they come together and they fight this creature like, from underground. It's not mm-hmm. really about their origin. So it's like, because again, he was, Stanley was trying to do something different when he wrote that book. Well, they so. were still they were still in the time when they were doing more science fiction stuff, right? Yes, they were supposed to sure. explorers. So. Yeah, it, I mean, if you read it, it reads more like an old pulp. Well, that's or, well, that's what it is. Because again, yeah. we talk about Stan, but it's a lot about Jack. All the all they are is a redo. The the Fantastic Four is nothing but a reboot of the Challengers of the Unknown. Mm. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, and then that's how it reads. Yeah, Challengers of the Unknown, except this time they get powers. Right, and there's a girl. Like it's the same. It's the same exact story. Even the uniforms they get wind up being pretty dang similar, right? So, I mean, like we stand, 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 Jack, right? Like, and I'm, <laughs> I tend to fall on the Jack side of the equation. So, I mean, like, but that being said, like, the, what makes the Fantastic Four cool is everything that happened to them after they got their powers. So let's get right. to the chase. Let's. I'm, I'm all for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who do we get to play Johnny Storm and the Thing? That's a great question. I'm gonna go Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the thing. I would, I would really. You, you go on the nose and say the Rock. <laughs> okay. You could actually. Rock, here's the problem with the Rock, though. Rock don't play second fiddle to nobody. True. So unless the movie is going to be the thing, you're not mm-hmm. gonna get Dwayne. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to picture Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He was the comedian in the. Watch I know. Movie. I know who he is. I'm just trying yeah. to like. They're gonna. They're gonna go with. I, they. No. No. John Kaczynski's not. Old, is he too not young? Old. So. He's gonna be a. He's gonna be digitally animated. It doesn't matter. Right. If he's just doing the voice, yeah. You know. Huh. What do you mean digitally animated? What are you talking about? This, the thing. Think gonna glue. Think gonna glue hunks of rock to the man. And even if they do, it doesn't matter how old he is. We won't see what he looks like. Mm, true. Johnny Storm. I don't know. I don't know what they want to do. I mean, like, because the Michael B. Jordan thing from the last movie took it in a different direction. So you don't necessarily have to make. I don't know. I don't know if you go more traditional or something more akin to that. I have no idea what they want to do. Yeah, and then... Uh, I'd make it a kid. I'd make it somebody... Because, uh, okay, then I'm thinking about this. He's supposed to be peers with Peter Parker, so I would I would have him someone who could pass for high school aged, right? Someone right. who looks like he would hang out with Tom Holland. Still related to, to Sue Storm, though, right? It has to be a, yeah, it has to be a little brother. But you can or, make him a little brother, you know? Or, or a nephew. Or a nephew. Hmm. Sue's supposed to be significantly younger than read anyway though and i oh, do think it should go with emily blunt because i think they have really good chemistry and i think that she looks like she could be a badass two storm like i think that's i hope that casting becomes reality if not they'll figure something else out but yeah you could have a young like the younger brother because i think that's important i think that's a relationship that mark the mcu or you know the movies have lacked is that is that is that on again off again best friend worst enemy peter parker johnny storm right that's right a, that's a great relationship that has not been really done in any media outside of comics that i think would be fun to do because no, they've, been, they've been too busy 
butchering the the origin story each of everyone time. yes yeah. no that's and that's that's also a good reason to skip it and yeah. yeah i agree and then yeah it makes sense and I, yeah emily blunt it makes that makes perfect sense will they do it i don't know but i mean why not emily blunt's 39 years old john krasinski is 42 so they've got they've got time they, they could play these for 10 years is is a quiet place the only movie they did together the sequel well yeah i'm i'm I meant the series. And... I think so. Okay. Like I said, I think I think they have really good chemistry. I think that they look the part, and the fans want it. So yeah, let's do it. All right, we've settled it. Marvel, if you're listening, checks are making out payable to. <laughs> Should they cast an unknown? I, I am by the way. I'm gonna stick with my Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stake hmm. my claim on that. Should they cast an unknown to be Johnny Storm? They've not had a problem with that before. Whoever's That's doing true. their casting. You know he's got he's got a monkey's paw somewhere that's just waiting for its turn to come back around because they they've just it's been almost uncanny how well their casting has been. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say besides Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, what other like Chris Evans had a career. True. I mean, he, he was also he was Johnny Storm. Yeah, he had done a lot of stuff. I mean, he's like and then but, and then Cumberbatch. Yeah, coming Cumberbatch. Is but that was also. I mean, famous. I feel like a big part of that was kind of like an obvious kind of fan casting idea it was but they did it you know they don't always do that but like who who heard of chris hemsworth before no Thor? nobody who heard yeah. of tom holland before he played spider-man oh nobody they mixed it up though because something like that they have like paul rudd as ant-man like so they'll yeah. they'll mix it up they have like some famous they have some famous people and then they have some you know some outsiders and it keeps the world interesting like chadwick boseman had a career but he wasn't like famous famous yeah so, but like, he, he also was like highly acclaimed for the movie but he, he, he was i'm not saying he wasn't he was a good actor like he was thought of as like a thespian but he right. wasn't like movie star famous and the black panther made him movie star famous right, right. and then oh i can't think of her name captain marvel brie larson brie larson, brie larson yeah, was it like, she had done a lot she had won an oscar like she was same similar right she but she hadn't really been like in a star vehicle mm-hmm, until right. until yeah. captain marvel and now yeah. she literally eats stars for hours. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is. A, you're right. It is a good mix. I think that's what makes it work, actually. Because they're all like, there's nobody I think that is like bad in any of these movies, right? Like they've, everyone is is good, right? Or they pull their weight of what they're asked to do. There's no one that's like, well, I hate to kick people when they're down, but Amber Heard sucks as an actress and she's really bad as Mara, right? She's not very, yeah. she looks, if you look at her and you're like, oh, that is Mara. But then she starts acting. You're kind of like, yeah, you know. And there's a couple. There's there's some. There's a few in the in the series. I don't think Ezra Miller's that good either. I think he. I think that guy's dramatically overrated. I ne- I never it? thought he was a good Flash. I didn't like him. I don't like him. That's... I didn't like him in any of the movies he's on. Mm. I don't think he's that good of an actor. I think he's vastly overrated. I think they. Excuse me. I think they are vastly overrated. Um. By the way, the way you said you look at Amber Heard. As she acting, that's the same way Johnny Depp looks at her now too. So I mean, it's... are we talking shit on the show now? <laughs> Apparently. Sorry, sorry, it's gonna make people angry. But making a joke. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, she's not a very good actress. Like, so it's, it's whatever. And Momoa's good at being Momoa. Like in my mind, he's kind of like a, he's kind of like The Rock in a way, but not like not quite. But a dude, bro. He's a he's dude, a dude bro. bro. Okay. And Aquaman is kind of a dude, bro. When done, like, and it works. Like he's a barbarian dude, bro. So he works in that role yeah but i don't think you can give him much like he was all right as Khal drago but i mean like i don't think you can ask him to do much heavy stuff right whereas most of the marvel guys can go 
back and forth. They can be heavy. They could be light. You know, Tom Hiddleston's shown a ton of range as Loki. Yes. You know? No, I agree. Yeah. I think Hemsworth, someone who was probably thought of as just a pretty face. And he's done a ton of like range, like yeah, he, he went through his whole the whole journey of Thor. Yeah, like the journey that's actually been one of the, the best stories of the MCU, in my opinion, is the the journey of Thor. And they're and like uh, they lean on the uh, on the the humor because he's really good at it, but he doesn't. He's not only good, right? right. There probably isn't enough humor in the first Thor, definitely you on the second. But there keep, is, yeah. They, you notice they keep pushing their actors though. Like yeah. uh, if you asked two years ago, you would have said, "Oh, you know, Hiddleston." He's got to be the guy with the most range. And now it's Helmsworth with the most range. And, you know, like maybe the Marvels comes out, we'll be saying the same thing about Kamala Khan or, yeah, you know, the, I, that actress. And I think actors can act. Like I think most actors get in the business to explore what they can do, right? <laughs> Not just play a single role. Like Tom Holland has shown he can do a lot. Like yeah. he's, got some, he's got some quiet moments in these movies that are pretty astounding. Like that kid's got... He's 25. Like he, that guy's got a, a real career ahead of him of like potentially being like another Leonardo DiCaprio, someone who people wrote off early in his career is just like a pretty boy who wound up being one of the best actors of his generation. Like right. I think, I think Tom Holland can have a similar career, you know? And Marvel's giving him the chance to show it. Well, just in these Spider-Man movies. Right. But then he gets a chance. He's going to get opportunities to do stuff like, eventually you know wes anderson's gonna come call him like hey i got this weird movie for you and he'll be like all right and he'll do something it's like he'll do those kind of movies and the, and being spider-man is gonna afford him those opportunities so i will but, say but, I, I never what? saw like, what's the movie was just in the based on the video game i didn't either i mean like i forget nope. what it's called i didn't have it nobody else. nobody cares what it was called. it wasn't that great <laughs> didn't do it didn't do very well either no, it didn't. but but the thing is like that's the right the writing the marvel writing and the directing yeah. You know, they pick the right people. They have the writing that lets these actors, you know, let their hair down. And then the directing, you know, make sure that it gets to screen. Like, they got this machine so that's just almost can't. And, and I, I've said this before. I've seen Chris Hemsworth, not Chris Hemsworth, Superman. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah. I saw him in, what's the spy movie that he was in? Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. He is so charming in that movie. And it's like, there's Clark Kent Superman. Dude, he's the villain in Mission Impossible and he's fantastic. Yeah. Like he's like, he just wasn't given the, he wasn't given the stuff to work with. Right. Like let him be Superman, not this brooding Batman in a red blue cape. So like, I think that the Man of Steel is a very well cast movie. I think everyone in that, you look at every single person in the movie and go, yep, yep, yep. I don't think there's a bad cast in them, like a bad casting choice in that movie. I think the writing is abysmal. I think the direction is terrible. Yep. I think they didn't understand any of the characters. I mean, Superman's parents, like Superman's fathers are Ray Kinsella and Maximus Decimus Meridius. Like, it's perfect. It's Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner. Like, mm-hmm. in a bubble, like, yes, yes, these two men would be the two forces, the two forces that help shape Kal-El. And then you watch the movie and you're like, well, first of all, Jor-El's flying on a giant sea mad creature, but that's weird. And then Kevin Costner says, no, no, let me die. Just let me die. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like the problem, like we talk about acting and directing and writing being about choices that you make. Mm-hmm. There's so many poor choices made in Man of Steel. So many. If you, if Amy you, Adams could have done so much more. She was a great casting choice as Lois Lane. She's not she given anything to do. Yeah. Here's the thing I've always... I think too, if you watch Henry Cavill on, you watch interviews with him, watch him on, follow his social media and all this stuff. 
he's a he is a nerd like he loves all of this stuff he grew up reading comics and all of this and you get cast as superman i have to believe he read the script and was like this isn't right but i'm getting to fucking play superman i'm not going to turn it down right. you know so and he was he was young and 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 wasn't in a lot of anything that was a big opportunity for him it right. was the second time he was almost cast as superman right, right. he was almost superman when McGee was going to make it and then that fell apart and then Singer made his movie that sucked too. Like, right. It's been very, like, I had this argument online that people are like Superman's too powerful. Superman's too this. Like, and I'm, I'm like, no, man, it's so easy to make Superman. Right. People are like, he's just, hey, I, I don't get him. I don't get him. No, no, this is Superman. Superman could be a God amongst men. He chooses not to be because it's the right thing to do. Right. right. Superman is the best of what we can be. And that makes some people very, very angry. Yes. That's it. That's Superman, right? And it's that's why Luthor is so important. Like, oh, it's got to be this. It's got to be this. It's gotta be. No, it's got to be Luthor. Because Luthor is the polar opposite of Superman. Yep. Right? It has to be Luthor. And that's why the casting of Luthor is critically important. Like, you need a guy with gravitas and weight. I thought Jesse Eisenberg could have been interesting, but they just didn't stick the landing. No. Well, right. they, they cast really him as the Joker Luther. You know? They did. They, I thought we were going to get Zuckerberg because he, he's really good at Zuckerberg, but we didn't and it didn't work. The, the answer was Brian Cranston. He was there all along. If you have him do some variation on, on the Heisenberg character, but channel that into this evil corporate monster mm-hmm. that yep. represents the worst of us. That's angry at this alien, this freak who has everything and people bow to him and worship and he wants nothing to do with that. But Why? always that's in not... control. He's yeah, always in control. Yeah, exactly. Like Luthor is the far, like I think Luthor is far and away one of the most fascinating villains because like, and especially when he doesn't get his hands dirty, like the burn, the burn stern, like that whole era of Luthor is one of my favorites because he rarely gets his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the best interpretation for a movie because like Superman can do anything, but he can't quite make it stick with this guy. Mm-hmm. And that therein is therein lies his limitations, right? It's like Superman is Superman, but he can't control the American justice system and he can't sway public opinion. Right. You know, and that and there and there's so much interesting dichotomy there for like store fertile ground for storytelling. They never go that route. It's so it's so easy and they just they get bogged down in the ceiling. It's like, well, he could spend the planet on a finger. That's not relatable. Then you don't make him do that. Yeah. You yeah. don't make him. He can fly. He can punch hard. He, you know, just stick to what works. Right. And then just be charming. That's what Superman's got. You agree with me, right, Astro? Superman <laughs> just has to be charming. His dad's all I, worked up, huh? I he just recently. Superman. I just recently heard this on another podcast and i can't remember which one it was and i'm sure it was one of the geek world all-star podcasts and i'm sorry whoever said this forgive me but like you know they were making the same argument oh people say superman's not relatable he's too powerful blah blah and he's he's just good for the sake of good that you can't make that relatable either and then you can and then the whoever was making the comment went, yeah marvel said okay here's captain america that's the, there's no difference between Superman has more powers, but as far as like a fundamental character, they're uh-huh. so similar. Chris Evans could absolutely be Superman because we've essentially seen him do it. Mm-hmm. Right? right. It could so good for the sake of good. Yeah. You know who would make a great Superman movie? Kevin freaking Feige. That dude just <laughs> gets it. And it's never going to happen. But right. I mean, like 
that guy, that guy could do it. He, I think that he really get it. And Superman, what makes him great is he has this amazing cast of characters. He has this living, breathing world of Metropolis that makes sense. Like you have like the Perry White and Lois Lane. Like again, they knocked it out of the park casting Amy Adams and didn't have her do anything. anything. Yeah, like it's just it's just a failure on so many levels. And then people will sit there and tell me, "Oh no, Man of Steel is really good." It's like, yeah, you like the action. I like action too. But I mean, I remember watching the movie thinking, "God, so many people are dying." Like. <laughs> so and they're not they and they weren't acknowledging it in any way no and it's just <laughs> but it looks cool like and that's the problem with the, ray i know you're listening david goyer right he's writing this stuff and this stuff goes yeah <laughs> just, as he knocks no, the lego buildings over yeah, and there's no heart and Superman, the thing is, like, you can have a character with a lot of heart and a character that's really likable in this world that's total shit, mm-hmm. right? And that's what makes Superman stand out more and be brighter, is he's surrounded by just crap. And that, again, I can even get on board with Zack Snyder's, you know, penchant for muting colors, as long as at the end of the movie, Superman is bright. And I think that could be a great artistic choice. But they don't do that, man. They just don't. Even his it, attitude was dark. I mean, everything was dark no, in that movie, and it it, just, that wasn't Superman. It's no, just, no, it's just like well, he had no other choice. Like you again, I'll always argue this. They wrote him into that corner because mm-hmm. as a writer, you control what's going on. They wrote him into the corner so he had an excuse to kill. And then I'm like, okay, let's see where they follow up. They didn't really follow it up in the sequel, yep. right? They just kind of address it and kind of yeah, yeah. Here's Batman, and it's just. Superman, like when he has killed in the comics, like Byrne did this really well. He had, he killed in the comics and it drove him crazy, yeah. right? He creates the gangbuster alter ego. He's upset. He's miserable because he, and again, a, not a great choice for the character, but they made him feel it. I don't feel like he really felt it in the movie. Like he never really had to deal That's with a- the fact that he killed essentially, you know, one of the last survivors of his home planet. And by the oh, way, well, that's a bit. That's a bad idea to come out guns blazing with Krypton, with being other Kryptonians in the first. Oh place. yeah, no, that was that was stupid because. I was gonna say that's that that was also the big mistake of like. It was. We've got a huge raise the stakes in the first movie, and it's like, and and I get it, like people don't want to do the origin story again, but you've got to you've got to establish the charming, yes, life affirming. You need it. Good man of Superman. And then give him a foil that's the opposite. And then, if you want to have him write him in a corner where he has to kill someone, that's a, that's a dark thing for chapter two. You, yeah, that's you, your, you, that's your you, second act. You the know? first the first movie could have been like him, you know, getting the job as Clark Kent, and then starting to do stories on Inner Gang and having to do with Inner Gang. And then with that, you sort of hint at, hey, where is where are they getting these these weapons, this technology me, from? And me. then and then introduce Luthor towards the end of that as the next villain when you've and you're also teasing Apocalypse like two movies down. You could run this all and the inner gang thing is perfect because again, the thing about Superman is yes, he could break down any wall. He's super fast and everything. All you need is to take a hostage and have them on the other side of the planet where he has nothing to tell him where that is and he's done. I mean, like, it's just so easy to get around these superpowers without having to rely on kryptonite. If, now, here's the thing. If you want to rely on something from Superman's past, something otherworldly, right? If you feel like you need that, Bruce Timm's adaptation or interpretation, I should say, of Brainiac is right there. Yep. And you, because yeah. there's the classic dichotomy of Brainiac and Luthor, right? And then because I have this, I was talking to my buddy Todd Matthews on the show before about like, I have this great take on the bottle cities. Instead of bottle cities, like you could have Brainiac digitally copying cities and saving them in hard drives. Mm-hmm. So that could be how you get that. But I mean, like you do Brainiac, you do the computer 
brainiac that was the the intelligence of krypton if you want to do that that's what I, and we've never seen a brainiac in a movie like luthor brainiac man it's all there it's all, let me pitch the whole movie for an hour well, like i'll do a whole show on this i well, thought but, about this way too much bruce, like, bruce tim's God, luthor was damn. perfect it was perfect bruce yeah. tim made the perfect lex luthor yeah that is that is ultimately my lex luthor when i think about it it is absolutely that telly savalas looking interpretation of Lex Luthor, voiced by Clancy Brown. Like, he even, he even made Luthor. he even made us feel like feel bad about Metallo. Yes. Oh, what a great episode! I mean, like, so, yeah, a couple know. of because Metallo came back, but he always he always made it made it's us tra- feel for it. The tragic, like Metallo, mm-hmm. like and the Superman's got an underrated rose gallery, right? Like people talk about Batman, Flash, Spider Man as like you know those are the you know your your um your your murderers row of rogues galleries. Superman's is super underrated. Like, yeah, because you got Luthor, who's one of the greatest non-powered supervillains, right? Yeah, and you've got Brainiac, who's this cold, calculating, killing machine. You've got Metallo, who is t- very sympathetic. Like, you've got wild characters like Mister Mexis Spitlick, who's just crazy. You got Toy Man, like loony characters, and then you've got Dark Side. You've got Doomsday. You've got the heavy hitting monsters. Yeah, right. right. It just, it, there's so much of a gamut you can run with Superman. It just, it's so, and Zod, and Zod's a great character, but he should be for a sequel. Like, you should, you didn't have to bust out, you know, the whole son of Jerome Neal before Zod thing. Like, it's iconic, but you didn't have to do it. Damn, this should have been better. Oh, God, yeah. I killed, it's been nine years and I still can't get over it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. All right. So, what do you think about casting of a movie with, Tom Hanks, Robert Downey Jr., Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Are you talking about Pinocchio? <laughs> Ian McGregor, Kean Mike. Yes, I am. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro. Yes, the trailer easy for, for easy for you to say. Yeah, he's his his Pinocchio. So, just how out. much acid do you have to drop before you watch this movie? Copious. No, you just have to go in expecting a Guillermo del Toro movie. Right. Well, that's exciting. So hang on. Bring hang on. So pardon me. Dog got into something. Give me a minute. Yep. <laughs> I love these little segues. Oh, uh, so, oh my goodness. I'm back. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, yes, he has a very interesting visual style, but he's also a good storyteller. Like, I yeah. don't know. He, you know, um, he loves monsters. I think that's the best thing I can say about Guillermo del Toro. And I think and he, he views Pinocchio as a monster. I was about so to like, say, and he kind of makes Pinocchio the lovable monster in this trailer. Which is, have you ever read the original Pinocchio? Oh, it was, hor- it was a horror show. It's a horror story. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> as most fairy tales are. Like, I think this will, uh, this is going to be up the Guillermo del Toro train. You know, it's going to be spooky and horrific and like, but with a ton of heart. Right? Right. And yeah. less fish sex, but you know. You never know. They are going to go inside of a whale. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, God damn it. Now we know why he wanted to make it. <laughs> Let's get it on. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be on Netflix. So, I'm going to watch it. I think it looks great, to be honest with you. I'm very excited by this movie. Do you think you have to watch it once before you let your son watch it? Or do you think yes. Maybe- <laughs> absolutely 100 because it is Guillermo del Toro I don't know what he's going to do all the time you don't oh, bring it you, know, you don't bring a kid in cold to a del Toro movie at, at the same time you know movies scared him a lot Disney movies Pinocchio ah. Pinocchio that makes sense even the original him, freaked him out man when those yeah. kids are turning into it's kind of spooky when those kids are turning into jackasses oh my god mm-hmm. do you That's, remember 
scary the stuff. End of the movie when the pedo finds Pinocchio and he's he's still a, he's still a puppet, but then he's got the donkey ears and a tail, and he's like crying over him, and it's just like, yeah, I mean that is pretty horrific for a kid to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, like My it's poor half donkey, half puppet child. Spook me out as a kid. Spook the kid out too. Like so, I think I think there's I think all good fairy tales should have horror elements to them because it's just what makes a fairy tale. Yeah, that's right? why Gr- like, that's why Grim is so the Grim. That's why, call, that's why we called it. That's why the phrase became Grim. Yep. You know, and I think that uh, the old Disney stuff is the same way. Well, the idea is behind a fairy tale is to scare you from doing the bad thing. Yeah. That's the the moral, right? So well, you can't do a bad thing if you're not alive because you got scared too. <laughs> well at the same time like all villain like all a super a hero be the superhero we talked about the superman right a hero is only as good as his villain right yes. and a good fairy tale has great villains and pinocchio is full of them because there's not just one like it's really a man versus nature story in a lot yes. of ways but there's a lot of great villains a lot of great villains in pinocchio so i'm very curious to see what del toro is able to do with this because the man's got an incredible imagination Hmm. yes he does true all right well that was god you bastard (laughs) doggies they make the the world go roundy round oh yeah that is all the news for this week unless you had something else you wanted to add john for a week and he's dogs attacking her mail nice that's all the news unless you guys have something to add john jd dog is a bastard that's what <laughs> you are trouble. Oh, but he gives I you doggy him. kisses and you forgive him. I love him so much. Sharing in you. to pick up. I got no- big dog. Yeah. Big puppy. He's only seven, he's only seven months old. Oh my god. So you you you're gonna rent a, a horse ranch, right? For him to roam around and possibly eat the horses. <laughs> Looks pretty. <laughs> I think his headphones got disconnected. He licked my headphones off. Given how big he is, it's a good thing he didn't swallow them. He's going to be big. He's going to be probably about 70 pounds when he's done growing. Trouble. 70 pounds. About 70. Pounds yeah. It's not like he said seven pounds. I'm like, oh, that's not. Oh, no, no, no. He's <laughs> much bigger than that. And one day, Andy will be riding him like a horse. He tries already. We have to have conversations with him. You cannot ride the dog. <laughs> Well, you can. No, he's bigger than the dog right now, so you can't. Well, that might not last for much longer, hmm. but as of right now, Andy's still bigger. Not hmm. by much, though. All right. So let's uh, guys have any recommendations or anything that you learned on the podcast. We'll start with uh, JD before he gets distracted by the dog again. I have a Kickstarter going on. I learned that John is a great friend and a good backer, and he'll always die. So as long as he wants to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, the I that's what I learned. I learned that a good campaign requires good friends and and Kickstarter rules because it inspires people to go get your stuff much more so than throwing it in the ether that is Amazon. Kickstarter rules. I'm going to recommend more Toy Galaxy. When I was sick last week, I just sat down and let that thing play on autoplay. Like it is the greatest YouTube channel ever, in my opinion. I love documentaries. And that guy's got great personality and I learned a ton about cartoons and movies and it's awesome. I can't, I know I've recommended it before, but I'm going to recommend it again. Go watch Toy Galaxy. Not bad. Oh, I love that channel. They just did the, what did they do before the secret of him? 
that I was just watching. Oh, I don't. I, they did two weeks of stuff I wasn't familiar with. Those like some maybe some older anime type stuff. I I didn't know either thing that they did. I'll have to check. That oh, out. the He Man, the new adventures of He Man. That they that, did do that. Yeah, that was an interesting story. It was. How about everything you, about he everything about He Man is awesome. Like just <laughs> trying to make that work after it didn't anymore. They actually yeah. thought that movie was going to make money. Can you believe that? <laughs> they thought the movie was going to make money, but they had the same part of the same issue with that that they did with the Transformers movies with the mindset of like, well, we want to sell new toys, so we don't want all the same characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, it's just like, so, and they change everything about it. John Byrne said that Masters of the Universe is like the greatest Jack Kirby movie ever because it's like a Jack Kirby movie. You know, they're walking through a boom tube. They're coming to Earth. The He-Man's basically Orion. What it is not is an accurate interpretation of Masters of the Universe. Yeah, not even close. Astro! <laughs> All right, John. So before things go to hell there, I've got really nothing. I finally managed to get through all of Jim Butcher's books and I'm now on the new on Peace Talks, the one I haven't read yet. And he's I think he's got two more after that. I'm I'm actually I've since I've read the entire series all the way through, it's kind of interesting because I got the cadence of how he was doing and how he got better over each book. And I got and then you hit Peace Talks, which is one he wrote after being very sick and going through divorce and everything. And you can see that he kind of faltered a bit. So he seems, I mean, he, I, it, 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 it's kind of, it's, it's, I've never had the opportunity to actually see that in writing, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to see how that happens. He's, it, it feels like he's getting better as the book goes on putting things back together again, but, but the book itself, I mean, the whole story with the book is awesome. So I can't wait to see the, the next two. I, I I really don't have anything extra except you know, love your nephews and nieces and your and your kids because <laughs> you know because he's in the room listening. I will know he after loves. this. I have to chase him to get a, to get him to go to bed. My my daughter is upset with me because I've downloaded the new books and I haven't read them yet, and she wants to talk to me about them. Which also I was shocked her husband has never read them, so now she's getting on him to read all the books. And she married him. Well. He was a Harry Potter fan before they, they <laughs> got together. I, what do I have? I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. And of course, comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. And uh, I'm looking at myself. My hair is driving me nuts tonight. And uh, recommendations. I don't have any this week. What I learned is that John is a good uncle. John is a good uncle. And a good friend. John is a good friend. And an inspiration to us all. Let's not go crazy. So no. Let's hope this isn't his last episode. (laughs) This is true. It's fair. Depends on it depends on how hard I get killed in this book. I feel like that's Uh, a challenge. Oh God. (laughs) I can't wait to see it. So on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let you keep the caught in the door. Have a good week.